Welcome. You are listening to Bookalicious, not just any book podcast. I'm Paul Jarrett, together with Gwyn, Lara and Holly. Join us on a journey exploring the world of books and words. Be inspired. Get new reading ideas, sometimes serious, but always fun. Bookalicious is a podcast to open your mind. Well, welcome to episode two of Bookalicious. Yay! Yeah. You know what? That was worse than the first episode. You, you put it down to internet lag. I, I have Lara, Holly, Gwyn, and I'm Paul. Um, we're, we're all here ready to do for books what Jane Austen did for the novel. Mm. Yeah, intellectual show, this one. Um, so this week, uh, th- what have you got to look forward to? Well, we're going to have a little chat in a minute. It's been a, a whole month, a very busy month for some of us. And uh, we'll just see where everyone's up to with their reading and maybe dip into Wrexham Carnival of Words. And it has just finished. And then we will focus on our main event uh, in this podcast. We're talking about short stories and short non-fiction we could call them essays and uh, whether we like it like them or not um, we've all read three i think i think we've all read three each um and i've given everyone a challenge of summing it up in about three to five minutes um all three yeah i know i know i know we're good yeah. we we can do it we can do it and then i've got a few announcements and a things to look forward to in the future so stay with us we're just going to dive straight in i think i might start with you Gwyn. have you had time to read in the last month actually got a couple of books on the go at the moment um one which i won't go into too much detail about because we are going to be looking at it i believe in a couple of podcasts time a couple of episodes time and this is threading the labyrinth by tiffany angus Mm -hmm. and i I will be interviewing tiffany for that episode which i think we planned to go out in june falls under science fiction and fantasy technically i would say it's more fantasy than science fiction but um who knows where other places will categorize it it's um uh, difficult to know exactly how to describe it it's um it's a beautiful it's beautiful writing it covers if you like a haunted garden and people who have perhaps populated that garden over the centuries and looking at it from the present day and going back to previous time periods and how all the different stories interweave so that's the tiniest uh, introduction to it that i'd like to give because i want to give more time to it in a couple yeah. of months time don't tell but, us any more no. no. So I have that on the go. I also decided uh, I wanted to read something quick and easy. I wanted to go back to, I suddenly remembered um, a series of novels that I loved when I was a kid. I remember going to the public library in my hometown of Sleaford in Lincolnshire and getting many of these books out from the library. And this is the Dragon Riders of Pern series by Anne McCaffrey. Fiction, uh, people who ride dragons to protect their planet from the dreadful falling thread that descends every 250 years to wreak, vent- well, wreak havoc on the vegetation and absolutely destroy everything. So they have fire-breathing dragons that get 
flown through the skies to sear the thread before it can land. And it's very exciting. It's such an easy read. I love the books. Basically, any books that I haven't got on my shelves, I'm downloading onto my phone so I can read them even more easily. And I'm just, um, yeah, I started romping through the first one of those and having enormous fun. So that's great. Brilliant, brilliant. Well, uh, uh, interestingly, uh, your Dune um, interview will link nicely with next month's interview. Uh, well, I've got some uh, bits, uh, uh, clips from an interview I did with Barbara Erskine for the Carnival of Words, all about time slip. But not not so much from a fantasy point of view, more from a historical fiction point of view. So yeah. it'll be really interesting to compare the two. So that's fabulous. Yeah, fabulous. Great. Well, now, Lara, Lara, I know what you're reading at the minute, Lara. Well, I, I lent read, it you. I you did. So we, we, we will start with uh, the book that Paul uh, lent me on, on Monday is... I'm trying to think of the best way to explain this book, actually. Um, it's a history, a, a, a history of classical music, uh, but the guy is a music writer and it's a 600 page book. So it's, it's quite, uh, quite an undertaking to, to read. I think I'm 250 pages in so far. It's fascinating. He, he recommends musical playlists and, how you can access uh, classical music via all these platforms and and different pieces that perhaps people might not have heard, slightly more dramatic pieces, uh, maybe less popular uh, pieces. I find I'm finding it fascinating, but the writing is challenging. the The writer is very, very, very wordy, and sometimes the, the the prose flows beautifully, and you can read a hundred pages with ease. And other times, you have to put it down and have a cup of tea and come back to it slightly later on. Yeah. So <laughs> you mentioned Paul Morley. That's the one. That's is the one. Paul Morley. Yes. Yeah, it is Paul Morley. Yeah. yeah. Um, it sounds interesting. I think. Or one of you maybe posted about it on Facebook the other day, and I thought, oh, I'd like to read that. But it sounds quite hefty. <laughs> it, I, I, yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, I have to ask you, Lara, have you listened to any of the playlists he recommended yet? I have, actually. And his, his playlists, I, I feel I enjoy the playlists an awful lot. But some of his writing, I... I think I'd prefer to actually listen to the music myself uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and gauge what I enjoy from there. But really fascinating, really interesting pieces of music that he's that he picks, uh, the pieces that I might not be familiar or people might not be familiar with. Um, yeah. he's, so he's, I'm going to um, try and do the 400 if I can. He's, he's interesting. He, he, he's a former New Musical Express journalist, so his, his genre has all been popular uh, music. And he's only switched to classical in the last, I don't know, last decade or so. Um, and I just think he's had moments of brilliance and then um, probably just the rest of it probably needed a really good editor. Sorry, Paul Morley, if you're listening to this, but I think that's where I came to. But I'm glad he did it because the playlist, I, any book with a playlist, I'll be talking about one in a minute, um, that I, I love them. Like books with maps, you know, you just go, ooh. That's nice. Oh yes. yes back yeah. to fantasy again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love those, but I I never keep the layout in my head. Like it's like it's really pretty, but when I'm imagining it, it's like it all it disappears the minute I close that two page. But yeah. they are pretty though. Yeah. Now I know, Lara, that that isn't the only book that you've read in the last month. 
<laughs> sensing a pattern on the show already, Paul and everyone, that Lara is the, the multiple book reader. I just want to mention an incredible book by a guy called Jake Tyler. It's his first book. And I sort of followed his mental health story. So he's Jake has been through a lot of personal challenges and basically had a, a, a mental health crisis, basically. But one morning he decided he was speaking to his mother and um, he decided he was going to walk 3,000 miles around Britain, sort of hitchhiking and exploring the scenery of the UK. And it's incredible. It's all about the people that he meets and the generosity and the, you know, the conversations that he has. And I would thoroughly recommend it. It's absolutely brilliant. I know Holly likes Matt Haig. It's very along that vein of, of writing about humanity and the human uh, condition because he basically undertakes this with no training he just decides that's what he's gonna do you know and he starts off on very basic walks and he just tells you all about you know the people he meets and the places he ends up going and how good that like going out and walking is for your mental well-being and how you know we weren't really meant to be inside so much really not like modern days so that's that's a really um really good book that i would recommend to people what's it called lara sorry it's called um, A Walk from the Wild Edge. Mm, yeah, sounds Paul great. Paul likes his uh, landscape and countryside and walking books. Well, I, I'm going to just chuck a book in here, uh, similar to you, um, uh, Lara. This one's by uh, Lucy, Lucy Jones uh, called Losing Eden. And I think I've mentioned Adventurous Inc., which is like a monthly book club where you get the book sent to you and I uh, this is a book I wouldn't have read necessarily um, but uh, Lucy Jones has written fantastic book about foxes uh, in the past um, but this book is quite personal for her uh, she had a she's a bit like Amy Liptrot who um, uh, we at the outrun which I, I love um, she, uh, both of them went on a sort of 10-year binge you know, for I had quite a uh, uh, a tricky teenage teenage years, and then actually nearly destroyed themselves anyway. Um, but her and she's been saved by nature. Similar, it sounds similar to Jake's um, experience. Yeah. Um, and and but she draws in as a journalist. She draws in a lot of uh, uh, the the references. Half the book is references, and and so she's to picking on really good research that shows. Um, being outside, being with nature, anything you can do, um, particularly in these weird and wonderful times, to get out um, has a, a direct impact on your mental health. So, look, that I, you haven't only just read two books, have you, Lara? I I, I know from Goodreads that you you should have on. Um, I might I might limit you to to, to just those two. We're going to have to hear what Holly's been reading. No. Um, okay. Uh, I. I mentioned this last time. I finished reading American Gods. Didn't end how I expected it to, but I enjoyed it nonetheless. Yeah. Um, I've probably mentioned this before, but I've also been dipping into Save the Cat writes a novel, which is like the novel version of the Save the Cat, the screenwriting one. Um, but that's really good. That's more of like a dip in and out one just for like story structure. So that was cool to read something that was informative. Um, what am I reading now? I'm reading... The Secret History by Donna Tartt. That's a good one. Um, I've seen that a lot online. Apparently, it's like a mystery one. So that looks good. And on the who mentioned before? Oh, yeah, like the 600-page book. I, I've got the book A Little Life. That is a brick. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to try try read that soon. 
but I've heard it's devastating. So I'm kind of putting that off. But yeah, that's um, that's it is soul destroying, Holly. You've been warned. I it's yeah. I mean, wow. I'm looking forward to it, but I I I'm preparing myself for that damage. But yeah, I haven't been. I've mostly been rereading school stuff, so it's a bit of a boring one for me. Sorry, but yeah, well, yeah. no, that's fair enough. I think that's pretty good, actually, considering you're doing uh, A levels. I mean, uh, I I just about managed to read what I had to for A levels when I did them, but um, hey, that's enough of that. But I, it's interesting, isn't it? Sometimes you have to be in the right place to read those books that you know are going to sort of crush you or devastate you or really be upsetting. But I, my only, I've, I've mentioned um, losing Eden, which was a nice surprise. I, uh, I'm still reading Moby Dick. Actually, I think I mentioned that last time. But not because I don't like it, or because it's difficult. I just don't want it to end. It's a, it's like a book that I can just go back to, and I know what I'm going to get. Um, I felt like that about American Gods, to be honest. Yeah, even though yeah. it was, it's um, quite a brick, but I loved it, and I, I was thinking well i'm glad it's this thing because i'm loving it and i don't want it to end sometimes that yeah. is the case and it's the i was i was the same yeah yeah so yeah so i've, I've nearly finished moby dick um and i uh <laughs> i've started uh one carnival of words means uh, interviewing authors means uh i like to make sure i have obviously read some of the books that i've the author otherwise that just doesn't work very well um so i i've read the great big fat um pre-publication copy of the Dreamweavers by barbara Erskine, which we'll talk about next month um because that's um yeah, it's historical fiction, but time slip historical fiction, all about Office Dyke. Uh, that was fabulous. I read that really quickly. Um, and the person I would flag up, I the book I've enjoyed most this month is um, Music to Make Friends By, uh, by Hayley Long. It's a quick read. It's in the series of quick reads. So it has to be less than 100 pages, big writing, read uh, in simple. But it's her... But this, and I also gave her all my old um, pre-record, uh, pre, you know, all my cassettes because I hadn't got anything much to play them on. And she's been collecting from people all her music, all these music cassettes from the 80s and 70s, 80s and 90s music. And she just loves them. And she loves music. And it's her biography of her life with music. And it just made me happy. It's got a playlist. <laughs> and... She was just amazing talking about it. And it, it just, it's a book that makes you happy. And I read it in a couple of hours and it just, yeah, it's fabulous. So that's Hayley Long. Uh, I shouldn't say this, should I? Out of all the Carnival of Words, which were a lot of events, my favourite, I'm allowed to have a favourite, um, is the interview I did with her. Because at the end of the interview, she got her house rabbit out of the cage and showed everybody uh, Benny, her house rabbit, who sits on her feet while she writes. Isn't that great? Uh, yeah, yeah, you win any audience over with that, won't you? Um, but, uh, yeah. So we are going to very shortly dive straight into um, short short stories and short non-fiction essays and, and whatever so before we do that what do you guys feel about short stories um it's not something that i've spent a lot <laughs> spent a lot of time reading i know that sounds tough but i tend to be more drawn to longer fiction um admittedly i'm not someone who reads a vast amount it might be interesting to see whether i'd 
read comparatively more short fiction if I read more long fiction, if that makes sense. Uh, I, I, whether I just, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing what Lara has to say because she gets through so many novel length books. <laughs> I'm not averse to short fiction, but in terms of the short form, I'm probably more drawn to non-fiction. I will quite happily read essays and articles uh, about topics that interest me, and I could easily go off down a, a rabbit hole, you know, picking up things from references at the end of articles I've enjoyed. To, to I'd, I'd be more likely to do that with non-fiction, I have to say, in the short form than, okay. than fiction. So that, that would be my take on it, which is mm -hmm. why I have included a, a non-fiction recommendation in the three that I'm going to mention tonight. Good. Me too. So, I don't know. Holly, what do you think? I've, I've read a couple um, in the past and I I've, I kind of always like them. I mean, some haven't hit the mark, but I I like, I don't really compare them to not, I mean, I guess you can compare them to novels because they're both stories, but I like with a lot of short stories, like some that I've chosen, they tend to just present you as something and let you kind of think about it. And I, can, I like I like that. It's just, it's short. I don't know. I know me saying it's short isn't a very good analysis because that's kind of obvious, <laughs> but yeah, the, I um I this has made me realise I probably should read some more because it only takes like one of them was a bit longer, it took me uh, like twenty minutes to read, but yeah, then it's it, and then you can think about it for the rest of the day, and it's you know it's, you've accomplished yeah. something, then like you've done it, makes you feel good. So yeah, yeah well, I, I don't know, Lara, you you probably consume about three hundred short stories in an hour. <laughs> We've gone over this. I don't sleep, everybody. I don't. No, no, sleep. we know it's that. Just, we know that. I just constantly. <laughs> um, I was, I was going to say, I find short stories. I've recently actually been writing about comic books and graphic novels, and I've noticed with reading, maybe some people who maybe they don't have the time to read a, a full novel because I'm, I'm part of multiple book clubs, and it is sometimes if your book doesn't hit the mark it is a real struggle to continue with that. With a short story, what the good thing about short story is they're great for discussion. They're absolutely wonderful for discussion because you can pick a piece, you can you know, send it to somebody, have a group, and you all get something different out of that story, which I really like because Chester Storyhouse, obviously, um, I used to go to a short story meeting group where we would discuss a short story and a poem and it was marvellous. It was just an hour and a half or so, but it was just a brilliant way to get to know each other and, and ask each other questions. So I would recommend a short story to people, especially if you do struggle with reading a longer novel and see if any of those speak to you. And, and like Gwyn said, you know, with, with nonfiction, you might be able to be like, okay, I read this, it took 20 minutes, but I really liked it, or I can think about that for the whole day. So I, I do like the benefits of, of the short story. I think what you, what you said is really quite interesting because it reminded me of when I was doing my master's, I did a creative writing module. And one of the weeks we looked at short fiction, so, but from a writer's point of view, uh, as opposed to a reader's and a critical theorist. So it was quite interesting to see what a short story is setting out to achieve as opposed to a novel and like you know, holly as well you were saying it's you go away with maybe one it covers it takes one topic it takes one idea and as you said lara that's an idea that you can all discuss at a group mm -hmm. um it's a it's quite just because it's simple it doesn't mean that you can't get a lot out of it the best short stories do take what seems like such a simple premise but they, they can cover so many different angles and you can, there's a lot that needs, needs to be left unsaid because of you're, you're limited with your word count. So there's a lot for the reader to actually infer from the story and to form your own opinions about it. And 
that that could lead to just as much um, interesting debate as a full, you know, something like American Gods or Don Quixote or or whatever the yeah. the bricks are. So I, I, yeah, I think that's right. I think. Um, uh, I think for fiction and non-fiction, you know, an essay can sometimes give you as many ideas as a, as a long, and sometimes it's a real struggle to read non-fiction <laughs> books on history of classical music, for instance. <laughs> um, you know, uh, and so uh, you, you could probably get quite a hit of what Paul Morley was writing about if he'd done it in an essay form or a series of essays. But anyway, it's another matter. That I'm so that I'm going to be quite firm about my challenge to you. I'm going to give you about five minutes each. Uh, I'm going to do this as well. I'm going to model it, all right, uh, just to talk about three um, things that we've each read. Um, I, I read mine a while ago, um, and uh, when I just had a very quick uh, look at the summary of them, immediately it came back to me. Actually, this one, the first one, the oldest one I read, was 1894, Anton Chekhov, The Black Monk. Now, Chekhov, um, you... People know Chekhov for his plays, The Seagull, The Cherry Orchard, Uncle Vanya. Um, and do you know what this is like? Uh, uh, a really short dose of one of his plays in a, sort of a half hour read. Amazing. I mean, it's just amazing. I love Russian uh, 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 authors anyway, um, sort of 19th century Russian. And so, you know, it's typical Chekhov. There's uh, Andrei uh, Kovrin, who is a Russian um, academic, uh, and then he has to go to the country. This is very Chekhov. He goes to the country to stay with his former guardian and his daughter, and they have this beautiful uh, estate with an orchard, um, and uh, uh, Igor, the uh, guardian, is absolutely um, precious about all his apples and pears and everything. And, you know, if someone walks too uh, loudly near the, the apples, he gets upset. Anyway, that kind of... And the daughter, of course, is, you know, she's plain but beautiful, you know, and there's kind of an attraction between Andre and her, but then they've known each other since they were children. But the father is desperate for him to marry her. Um, and you know it's idyllic um, and he marries her and it all falls apart based I'm not giving anything away but the black monk is uh, appears to him so there's this legend of a Syrian Orthodox priest who walks through the estate and he sees the priest who says to him you Andre are special you are chosen by God and with your genius to show the world a better way and of course he then thinks oh yeah i'm special um but unfortunately no one else can see the black monk and uh when he marries tanya she gets a bit worried because he starts talking to the monk in the corner of the room and of course he's going completely mad well we're, we're or is he and oh, it's just brilliant it's just brilliant. I'm reliving it now. If I, and I do, if you love Chekhov's plays, this is a Chekhov play in short form. Bernie's writing is obviously in translation, but it's to die for. It's fantastic. And then the second one, I move up to more recent times. Sheena Mackay, modern, sort of maybe last uh, 20 years or so. I'd say she's probably cornered the uh, short story market. I, I just think she is genius. A Scottish writer, um, the collected short stories, and I went back to one that I remembered from 20 years ago, right, really, called Curry at the Laburnums. 
This is a female revenge story. Oh, yes. <laughs> That's great. It's about Roger and Ivor who commute to London every day from Chobley Station. Um, and uh, they have a, a ticket collector on the station is called uh, Lal. I think he's called Lal Karma, which is interesting, um, obviously of Indian extraction. And uh, they pretend to be his pal, but actually they're the most racist colonialist you could ever think of. And there's a accident one day, or is it an accident that maybe involve Ivor and Roger? And Lal um, is hospitalised because he's tripped. He trips. Sorry, did I say he was tripped up? Or whichever you want to read it. Ivor and Roger have uh, been really a really horrible racist. Um, and they kind of say, oh, let's not say anything about it. But of course, all the commuters on the station who all love Lal um, uh, collect money and say, oh, Ivor and Roger, you're really close to Lal. You have to take this money to his wife and children. <laughs> which is hilarious um so they have to go to croydon oh my god they have to go to croydon and go to the house of an indian woman and her child and uh the there's a laburnum tree outside hence the laburnums and uh of course they have to go in and she insists that they eat because it's sort of culturally you know you have to come in and eat on thank you for the money but it's interesting her daughter has to translate um because uh, she, her mother can't speak English or pretend she can't speak English very well. And you just get the other side of the story of her opinion of these two horrible men. And I won't tell you how it pans out, but if you know what laburnum seeds or any part of the laburnum tree can do to um, humans, let's just say the curry had more than you would anticipate going for it. Just go and find Sheena Mackay, uh, Curry at the Laburnums. And my very third, my third one is an essay from a beautiful book, which I wish you could all see. Um, look at this, Wild Isles. Uh, and it's 600 pages long, and it's uh, extracts and essays about nature writing. I picked a story, uh, well, it's not a story, but that's the thing about essays. A good essay is actually telling a story about something factual. Amanda Thompson, again in Scotland, uh, called Craw Sunday, Craws being Scottish for crows. Um, she sets off on the B822 from Lennox Town to Fintree outside Glasgow, which is called the Craw Road. And that then leads to her writing about all the different crows that you find in Scotland, some of the mythology, why crows are hated or ravens as perceived. Um, may precede death or um, why magpies all these sort of things and it's absolutely it's a mix of myth legend science um, bird watching and a bit of scotland and it's only about 10 pages long and it's fabulous hey there you go oh i have to pick i'm going to pick holly because she's sitting quietly so i always pick the quiet i tried ones. to look not suspicious so i thought they knew that would be my downfall um i tried to pick three that were different I thought they would be different upon reading it appears they're all very similar um so but that's good they all link I guess um the first one I read was All Summer and Day by Ray Bradbury um it's set on Venus and it's like it always rains there and the sun only comes once I just, is it once a year no it's like once every seven years or something like that and there's this one girl Mar like it's all they're all children apart from the teacher there's this one girl Margot who was originally from Earth and came to Venus while the other children were born there. So they kind of envy her because whenever they talk about the sun, 
she she knows what it is and they don't believe her and I can't really say anything because it's such a short story I'll give I'll give away what happens but it's really interesting how it presents the moral issue of the conflict that comes from like a lack of understanding and envy um so it's re it's really interesting there's not there's not much I can say about that spoiling it but it's it's really interesting ideas of they've got the sense of light with the the sun very like a big theme but also the sense of extinguishing something at the same time which is pretty cool um and then the next one is the ones who walk away from Omalas. I should have known how to pronounce that by um Ursula K Le Guin um I feel like a lot of people have read this one and I've heard some people talk about it um but so I thought I, I had to read it to, to not to get it over with because I enjoy doing this um but get it over with in a really good way. Um, so in case you don't know, it's about this society, um, Omelat, I'm not even gonna try it again. And it's it's like a really happy, it's really good there, but there's a catch as to why it is, um, which I won't say. Uh, I'm not very good at summing these up because they're all spoiler, spoilers really. Um, but this one, most out of the three that I've chosen, doesn't really, doesn't have a plot, I don't think, so much as it just reveals what's happening in the situation. And I think for a short story, that works really well because especially because of the unreliable narrator in this the way it unfolds it adds to that sense of like chilling sense almost um and oh, the, the descriptions at the end of it are really like straightforward it's really good but yeah you leave it they don't the author doesn't press a right answer on you they just leave it open to what you think um yeah and i i love that it did that because it made you made me think about it afterwards I read it in school, so it kind of distracted me a little bit, but it was it was okay. Cause um, yeah, so I liked the way that was set out. That was a really good one. I'm just checking my time. Okay, I think I'm all right for time. I'm not going <laughs> um, the, the last one was the oldest one from the 1800s, which was The Body Snatcher by Robert Louis Stevenson. Um, and I don't know if any of you read this, but the, I think Fetz, how you say his name, I loved how they how he characterized him. Um, cause like oh, the way he spoke when they said it was like a Harold more than a friend. I just, the idea of him being so loud, I loved it. Um, and he was, I just thought he was so good at insults. I, that's the main thing I picked up <laughs> is that he was so good at insults. Um, I written down, I written down a few, but one of my favorites was, I wish to know if after all there was a God, I know now that there is none, be gone. And he, he's just, I love him. Uh, well, I don't love him because he does some bad things, but I like <laughs> I like his wits in, in the first bit. Um, I also find this is kind of irrelevant to the actual plot of it, but what, near the beginning, he, um, and, oh, it's like a horror, but I read, I can't remember what essay I read about it, um, but it was like the aim isn't really to, to scare the audience, like something with Dracula, it's more to show the consequences of their actions to themselves, because what happens, I'm not going to give it away, but it's like it, it kind of doesn't make sense, but it's not meant to. It's just meant to serve a purpose to them facing up to what they've done. Um, and again, like the like the other two, really, the sense of just presenting you with a moral issue. And I think especially with the short story format, not going into it that much actually makes it so much better because sometimes when you go into it too much, you like oversaturate it and you, you kind of don't come away thinking of anything because everything you could think has already been thought. So here it's just it leaves you at just the right time. So yeah, those are my those are my three. I think it's under five minutes. Yeah, so you did, I hope that did, was okay. did really well there. And and Robert Louis Stevenson, you know, what more can we ask? I'm going to go Gwyn. 
Okay, I'll, I'll start with the two uh, fiction stories that I've picked, uh, one of which is called Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang. It's actually a novella, so slightly bigger than a short story, but I think it counts because it's still a shorter form than the novel. Um, it's included in a collection of his stories called Stories of Your Life and Others. Um, this particular one, uh, I've read it on my master's and I've chosen it because it was also made into a film called Arrival, uh, starring Amy oh, Adams yeah. and Jeremy mm. Renner which um, I actually didn't get around to watching until recently. I thought I have to see the film to see how it differs from the short story. But it's, uh, I'll talk about the, the story rather than the film. Um, there are some differences in the film. They kind of manufacture a bit of conflict with the army. I guess it's Hollywood and people need to see things happening because otherwise it's quite a wordy story. There's a lot of really deep philosophical, well, there, there is a deep philosophical topic in there. It's to do with... Uh, language and thought and not so much does language shape thought or does thought shape language but it kind of goes down that route um as a linguist uh, an academic who is brought in by the army to meet some aliens who have come to earth and they want to understand what the aliens are saying and she's a linguist and they're hoping she can translate and she eventually realizes that the aliens see um the world in a very different way and this affects how they communicate um, it's actually, I've been trying to think how to put it into words and that makes sense in a podcast where I've only got five minutes to talk about <laughs> three, <laughs> three stories. So it's, it's difficult. But what I will say is if you have read House Five by Kurt Vonnegut, you'll be aware that in that there are some aliens who mm. experience all of their life, life at once. The past, present and future are all kind of mixed up. If you like that concept, you will probably like Story of Your Life. Um, the linguist finds that the aliens communicate in a way that um, illustrates the fact that they too see, experience their life all at the same time, and that comes out in the language that they use. That is, it sounds really cryptic, but that's about as simply as I can put it. So if you want an easy read, I wouldn't go for it, but if you want something really thought-provoking that enables you to think about the concept of remembering the future, before it's happened, then definitely Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang. <laughs> Highly recommend it. Really interesting read. Um, that's the first one. The second one, much easier. Uh, I decided to pick another one from the uh, 19th century, and this is a Sherlock Holmes story. Um, Sherlock Holmes, there must be some people. Uh, so I picked A Scandal in Bohemia because it was the first of his short stories featuring Sherlock Holmes. It was preceded by uh, Study in Scarlet and The Sign of the Four, which were his two novels. Um, but Scandal in Bohemia is the first short story he wrote featuring uh, Holmes, Arthur Conan Doyle. I haven't mentioned, but I'm sure we all know that. Um, it's also the story that features Irene Adler, who Sherlock Holmes always refers to as the woman, possibly <laughs> <laughs> the male of the species that Holmes rates in any way, shape or form. And I also I had a quick reread of it earlier, and I also realised it's a story there are so many quotes that come from Holmes. I mean, I've been misquoted at times. Did he ever say elementary, my dear Watson? Probably not. But this was the story uh, which featured another quote, which I think is quite well known. And that is, it is a capital mistake to theorize before one has data. So I was quite pleased to see that pop up. Um, it was lovely to reread. Uh, I love the Holmes stories. They're very familiar. They're, they romp along. It's detective fiction. It's genre fiction. Uh, being from the 19th century really makes no difference to that. You can really read them very, very quickly. 
And if you like homes, then it's lovely to know, I think we've said this before, to find a story that you love. And there's loads more of them to get through. So that's always very good. Okay, those are the two short stories. I'm probably out of time, but I will mention my, my piece of nonfiction. I haven't picked one essay. I've picked a publication uh, that comes out regularly. It's a, it's a periodical called The Idler. And it is basically a collection of uh, essays. Uh, it's published, I think, once every two months. So I, I recently subscribed, and I think the, the most recent issue is uh, May, June, but I'm still working my way through uh, March, April at the moment. But there's all sorts of essays about so many different topics, designed to help you lead a more fulfilled life. Uh, the Idler, they have a website, they run courses, they have what's called the Idler Academy. They provide courses on things like playing the ukulele, or world religions, or calligraphy, or all sorts of disparate things, which the aim is, if it was possible, to not be slaves to our jobs and to enjoy the world rather than feel all we can do is grind ourselves down into the earning money for the man. And what would we do if we could take our time and you know, enjoy the one life that we have? Uh, so I'm recommending The Idler. There's a lot of stuff in there. If you like reading, you know, essays on a whole range of topics and you almost don't care what topic, you just want to have something surprise you, then then read The Idler, definitely. Yeah, you just about get away with that, Gwen. It's a bit like Desert Island Discs where someone says, oh, my luxury is a banquet that I can eat for the rest of my life. But yeah, I think we'll let you have The Idler. That's, that's fair I, enough. If it helps, I can say that in the... the the one I've been reading most recently, there are a couple, if not three articles on a similar theme, which is a theme, you might like this, of pilgrimages and walking through yeah. to um, understand the countryside and to reach uh, a destination, but it's as much about the journey as the destination. So yeah. if I can pick maybe those two articles together. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I'm persuaded. You got me on pilgrimage. Okay. You're fine, you're fine. <laughs> and so, Lara, actually, we've all been very good with time. I must say, this is... This is excellent. So see how you get on, Lara. Okay. I find picking three very difficult. I've got very into short stories during the lockdown and I keep changing my mind, but I've done my list. I'm going to go with my list. I'm going to start with The Knowers by Helen Phillips, which basically is about the, the human question of, you know, if you are, we're obsessed with our own mortality, I think we're always sort of thinking about it. You know, it, it's always part of our, our lives. And this story is the paradox of whether if you could have this information or if you knew the day that you were going to die, how would you feel about that? And the, the conflict of having uh, that piece of information, which I find fascinating, and the way she, the way she talks about it throughout the text is she keeps repeating the line, "I was grateful to know, I was terrified to know," which is a, is a feeling throughout it where she's got this piece of knowledge, and how it's going to affect her life and her relationships and the the people around her because obviously they're getting given these pieces of paper to tell them, you know, this is this is when you're going to die, this is the day, this is the time, and would you still live your life the same way? Would you still do the same things? Would you still go out and live even though you had that information? It's just, it's just a really amazing short story. And I believe Kurt Vonnegut actually did a, did a short story called 21B, which is sort of along the similar, a similar vein. So I would 
I would really recommend that story. It's just something that you can dip into and you just so many questions come out of it when you when you read it. And it's great for discussion as well. It's a it's a brilliant one. I'm also going to go a bit supernatural, a bit fantasy. I read a, I read a story called Daughters of the Moon by an Italian author called Ita uh, Italy Calvino. I think that's right. It's set in an alternate New York, so sort of similar to the world that we live in now. However, consumerism has reached a point where it's just awful and the planet is just... You know, everybody's just there's, you know, there's rubbish everywhere and people are trying to live their lives and they've got these big skyscrapers and consumer boards that literally shout out at you. So, it, you know, it's a, it's a society that is very driven by that, but doesn't know how you know, it's got to a point where it's so bad now with the environment. But unfortunately, even the things like the things like the moon, the moon starts to suffer, it starts to come down, it starts to chip, it starts to crack, it starts to actually become a something that people can see while they're shopping and and going about their lives and they kind of they try to deal with it in a logical way by saying how do we get rid of this problem so they you know they try taking a jcb and, and all these these different things to try and you know help the moon because they've said like their calendar is completely out because they can't use the moon for guidance and you know it's just there as they, they've kind of like a big eyesore really not even as a as a say you know as a sacred object with amazing things and the bizarre thing is, is that people start to act really strangely and supernaturally. And our narrator finds a girl on a bench in a park and she seems very sort of lost. And he's like, can I help you? And she said, well, no, there's nothing anybody can do. And he, he doesn't understand, but she's talking about the moon. So all the, the women and female, uh, you know, members of society actually act like sort of Greek gods or goddesses like Dianas and go and, and go to the moon and pull it down and, and you know to stop them from it's just incredible it's absolutely completely out there but it's just so it's it's curious to have this mix of supernatural and these female figures sort of kind of Greek and classic based so it's, it's just a mind-blowing piece of fantasy fiction I I've read it about five times but it's just incredible <laughs> It's uh, and to finish off, I'm going to pick um, a story by Lisa Kublow, who is a Canadian writer who has won a lot of uh, awards. Somebody I wasn't familiar with until a couple of months ago, but she's wrote a story called Fort Pierce of Florida, which is basically about a writer, a aspiring writer who meets Zora Hilston Thurston, but she is the maid cleaning his room in the hotel. And he is he is new to writing and he is telling her absolutely he thinks he knows absolutely everything. He's very arrogant. He's uh, he's very confident and she's trying to give him advice. And he's like, how do you know all these things? And obviously, she, you know, she's, she's trying to tell him in a way I know what I'm talking about. I've been a writer. I've been a teacher. But he's not a very likable, I'll be honest, he's not a likable character <laughs> at, at all. He's he's very arrogant, he's full of ego, and she's trying to sort of she says, Can I, you know, can I teach this guy? Can I tell him things? Or are we gonna but the dialogue that they consume is just it's so clever and it's so witty. And she does basically bluntly say to him, you know, you've really not got anything to write about, really. He's showing us some <laughs> Writing, um, which is which is a love it's a lovely bit of dialogue sort of, of back and forth and i think people would appreciate that with the 
you know, Zora being who she is and this guy sort of in the hotel room, you know, acting like he's the next genius. But it was, it was very clever, really well written and just uh, nice to see dialogue between characters and how that would progress and push a story onwards to, to get to know characters. So those would be my recommendations. <laughs> well, all I can say is, wow. I mean, we nearly did that. We nearly all did that in five minutes. And no one can say that Bookalicious doesn't provide a rich array of potential things to read. So if you... Can I? Oh, no, you can't have a third. You can't have a fourth no. one, no. <laughs> Go on. Than sci-fi and fantasy, um, well, I won't say specialist uh, preference. I was interested to see that almost all of us picked at least one science fiction or fantasy or supernatural yeah. or horror short story, which did get me wondering whether people who perhaps wouldn't choose to pick up an entire novel of science fiction or fantasy, maybe it's a bit of putting if they don't think that they like that genre, maybe it's easier to dip into a short story. And because sometimes the themes in the short stories are a little more, um, I don't want to say vague, but because if you're dealing with something where you're building a world and you've got machinery and it's hard sci-fi or you've got to build an entire new uh, secondary world, you need a novel length to do that. But in a short story, you can touch on some themes which just tip over into sci-fi or fantasy, magic realism, that kind of thing, uh, without so. being full-blown. So I, I do wonder, I would be quite interested to, if there's any listeners out there who would like to feed back to us to say, if you're not someone who thinks you like reading science fiction and fantasy novels, do you find it different with short stories? Um, is it easier to pick up something like that in the short form? Well, the same could go, I guess, for any genre that you perhaps didn't think you liked. And it's mm. maybe easier to try out a, a romance story or, should I say, a Western story or something Oof. like that in, in the short form before then seeing whether maybe you can progress to, to a novel. That, that would be interesting. You see, that's really interesting because I hadn't, I hadn't thought about it. Now you said it, obviously the Black Monk is a supernatural story and you wouldn't necessarily go to Chekhov for a supernatural story, but actually he used it as a, as a device um, to get you to uh, uh, a particular place. And, um, well, you know, is the guy going mad or is he Is he not? I, I think that's really interesting. That, I think is, I am going to stick up, I'm going to continue to stick up for science fiction and fantasy and say this is what it's trying to do. Um, yeah. It uses these, um, the different tropes and the, um, oh, the words evading me, but it's a word for the, um, the novum, the, the thing that is different, the thing that is new, the thing that's invented, just yeah. to draw you in and talk about a real world scenario, perhaps without talking about the real world. I, I come away going well. Actually, the short form is is uh, is 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 absolutely fabulous. Um, the next stage, obviously, is to take it to poetry, where you can actually say it all in three lines or less. Um, but that's that's a whole other episode, isn't it? Yeah. Well, uh, look, thank you guys for playing along on this. But I I'm if you're listening to this that you can rush out we'll we'll put as many details as we can in the show notes or on the website the wonderful website uh, which is looking pretty good and needs a little bit of tender care because i need to update a few things if you go to www.bookalicious.com we'll put as much information as we possibly can there the other thing i should say i did um, potentially say that we could all choose a bit of music which of course we can't play on the podcast but i will set up a spotify episode two spotify playlist for this i i've got three uh, so we'll, we'll try and match the stories we've read to tracks 
Um, I know uh, Gwyn has already done it. I've got uh, three tracks. Well, I'm not going to tell you what they are because you have to go and find the Spotify playlist and see, and you can guess. Yes. Yeah. Mm, very yeah. fun. You know, I, I, I thought it was worth doing this without an author interview because actually it just gives a flavour of where we're all coming from and the, and 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 that chat that we just have about uh, um, yeah hopefully you can feel the enthusiasm we have for literature and books and short stories we're going to have to come to um, a close now but there are a few things we need to say actually Lara I should give you a short time to say something about the uh, book group. Again, if you go to the website, you can see that the book group uh, is there. I have to update it for the next one, but the Zoom link for the 20, I think it's 26th of May, uh, will go in there and you can all join in. We'll be reading The Little Stranger by Sarah Waters, but actually, generally speaking, you don't necessarily have to have read the book to enjoy the book group. That, that's that's interestingly most people read shape of darkness uh which is your choice lara so i'd love to hear you tell us why you love the shape of darkness by i'm trying to is it laura laura purcell shape of darkness and your time starts now <laughs> well, first of all i just love laura purcell she's a book she's you know she's a bookseller she's been a librarian and i first kind of came across her books with the silent companions which was a very popular book that won a lot of awards and so her next book i was very excited because she just combines she's got this victorian mystery and crime thing the way she writes is just thoroughly engaging you actually feel like you're walking the streets with her or you're you know you're about to solve a crime and you've met all these mysterious characters and she just takes you on a murder mystery adventure and the shape of darkness is again along that lines with our our main character agnes who is a paper she's a paper crafter um she is she is struggling with her business and her her life is 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 not not great and there's lots of things happening but it's very spooky and this is just this craft that she does beautifully but unfortunately the she crafts things and, and things seem to happen to the people around her in yeah in they die <laughs> They die, and it's it, it, it's so it's so harrowing. And I think it's about when you when you read it, it's four hundred pages, and it just keeps you gripped through every single page. I will say this: that the ending might not be as you expect it to be. Um, okay, look, uh, a friend of mine, Mark Davis, who was a guest on Callum Talks Books in the past, who uh, does tours of Oxford. Uh, around Lewis Carroll and the Alice stories, got in touch just this morning. He doesn't didn't know that we did this podcast, but it's like I think this is kismet. This that it actually happened this morning. He uh, has flagged up um, a number of things. One is that uh, Alice through the Looking Glass is 150 years old this year, um, which immediately I think uh, well, Gwyn and I we've done Alice before on this show uh, thought. Yeah, that could be a theme for a future podcast. So look, look out for that. Um, uh, but uh, Mark has also, uh, because it's the 150th anniversary, he has flagged up uh, a competition being run by the Lewis Carroll Society um, for you to write a missing chapter 
of either of the Alice books that you can make up yourself. Um, there's uh, three age categories, uh, up to 16, 16 to 20, and over 20 years old. And you have to submit it by the 3rd of July, and you get £100 if you win your category. You liked that idea, didn't you, Holly? Um, I did. Yeah, so... Uh, I've written on my hands to remind me. I didn't even put... Uh, I just put Alice Arrow £100. I that, that captures it. <laughs> I suggest that we, every single one of us, gives that a try and we share. We share no. it. No, too much pressure. Anyway, right. So we'll. Um, you can go to uh, the Lewis Carroll Society or one word org uk um, slash writing competition. But if you just go to Lewis Carroll Society, I think you should pick it up from their official website. I will also promote um, Mark's. Um, own talk but uh, if you go to uh, the museum of oxford.org events he is doing a talk at 6 p.m on the 4th of may that's tuesday the 4th of may uh you, i think it's i think you have to pay five pounds to get your event bright ticket uh, so it's online and he's talking about artists in wonderland lewis carroll and the pre-raphaelites and we'll get mark on the uh, show when we do 150 years of Through the Looking Glass. But we might not share our winning competition stories, of course, unless we win. Yes, we've got historical fiction is going to be our theme in May. Uh, as I've already said, we have parts of the interview I did with Barbara Erskine uh, talking about Offer's Dyke, particularly King Offer, who created the Dyke, not a nice man, and his daughters and all sorts of stuff so daring do in dark ages uh i'm hoping to get hold of david ebsworth also known as dave mccall who's got a new book coming out the third in his jack telford series um set in post spanish civil war times so that's historical fiction will be our theme next month i know we all love historical fiction uh here so we'll probably have quite a lot of recommendations ourselves in in june hopefully uh gwyn you're going to have an author interview um as uh, already flagged up about the uh, uh and we'll be focusing on fantasy fantasy sci-fi or should maybe just fantasy we can have a discussion about what the difference is when we get to to june um i'm hoping i have kind of targeted july for the american west fiction and non-fiction but as i showed prior to recording this the pile of books i've already got this is all Holly's fault. Um, and I'm not sure. I mean, we might have to put it into 2022 at this rate, but it's a fabulous subject. I just love it. Yeah, just got to watch all the films as well, you know? Um, anyway, uh, so that might be July. And I'm also hoping to talk to staff at Gladstone's Library who are going to reopen in September. And they are going to do Gladfest, which is their literary mm. festival. Um I think it's very brave of them to say they're going to do it and they're going to do it for real. So uh, I think we we welcome them back. They've been shut for over a year and, and it's great that they've survived. So, you know, Bookalicious, we go everywhere, libraries, books, anything. And you see it leads us down all sorts of paths, doesn't it? Black monks, monks body snatchers, Venus. Uh, oh, you know, 
Victorian bath. I, I don't know. What other show would you ever get this sort of thing uh, from? So, uh, Holly, uh, Gwen, Lara, thank you ever so much. This show would not be, uh, well, it just wouldn't be without you guys. And uh, I, I love that you just, uh, I set your challenge and you all dive in. Yay. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. Our target is to get as many of you to listen. Please tell your friends uh, everywhere about Bookalicious. We're on pretty much any podcast platform you can ever imagine now. And tell all your friends, get them to listen, subscribe, comment, and go to our website as well, uh, www.bookalicious.com. You can contact us as well, can't you? Is it info at bookalicious.com? Um, will get to us and we'd love to hear from you and you will get a shout out we promise thank you everyone for listening uh, we'll be back next month with historical fiction and we're going to try and release the podcast every month at uh, the end of the month Lara I did forget to say you're doing a poetry podcast aren't you I am indeed I, I did have a poetry corner show of speaker's corner was sort of my inspiration for the title um, I'm going to be doing a poetry show once a month with various guests and we'll be tackling different poets and different themes so we will share the link on the page as well it should okay. be up next Friday fingers crossed Brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. So, you know, thank you everyone for listening. And uh, uh, that's it for, for this month. And uh, join us again next month. And uh, as I say, share it with all your friends. You've been listening to Bookalicious, available wherever you get your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your friends. We love to know you're listening, so please like us or leave a comment. Have a look at our website, bookalicious.com, and you can contact us on info at bookalicious.com. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you all happy reading. Bookalicious.